Hello and welcome to another episode of Journey to the Rise. I'm your host, Lucretia. In today's episode, we talk with Jenna Hickman, and she shares her path to becoming a successful real estate agent. Her path to real estate wasn't a direct one as she explored a career in health and fitness before listening to a call in her heart to change directions. At the time of this interview, she was in the process along with her entire team transitioning to a new agency. This this change has shown to be the best decision her and her team made collectively. It goes to show that sometimes when we are on the right path, we still have to adjust and change to help us find our way to success. Change can be scary, and we don't always have a team of people to lean on during what can be a tough adjustment. But thankfully for Jenna, she had an incredible team, and they went through it together seamlessly. Jenna is truly as kind and considerate as she seems in this interview. During this conversation, I accidentally say her last name incorrectly, and she is so polite, she didn't even correct me. So let's get started. Please welcome my guest, Jenna Hickman. I am really excited for this guest. Uh, You hear about real estate agents all the time, but how do you get into it? Why do you get into it? What is the the story? Like, what is the interest and intrigue? And we get to sit down with someone today and find out. And Jenna, I am so thankful that you have joined me today. I'm so happy when you reached out to me and you're like, would you do this? And I was like, absolutely, in a heartbeat. So grateful. Oh, I so thank you. I want to just kind of kick off like where where did you grow up? Yeah, so grew up born and raised in northern Illinois, very small town called Sycamore. So geographically, when people ask, I'm like, oh, Chicago, but not Chicago <laughs> City, right? 60 miles west of Chicago. So by that point, you're past Chicago suburbs, you're hitting cornfields. So Small town, Sycamore, Illinois, born and raised there. Great, great place to have been raised. That's awesome. And what was your family like? Um, Like? Yeah, like were you close with your family? Did you have brothers and sisters? Yes, I'm the oldest of three girls, my poor father. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we're all super close, and I really find through the years, especially as my sisters and I age, um, and life just continues on. And now my, my other sister, one of my sisters is married, um, almost about to have her second baby. So it's just like, I feel like we just get closer and closer as we grow up together. And it's just been so wonderful to see all of our own past, but to also still be connected, especially even now that we live all in separate States and separate places. I feel like we really like are a very bonded family. We have a group chat. We text every day together. Oh, that's awesome. And when you were little, what was your I want to grow up to be? So, everything. <laughs> I have been on that path of still trying to figure out. I don't even know now if I'm doing what I want to do forever, you know? Um, I never knew. I I can't tell you how many career tests I took in college I grew up, you know, with a very, I guess, standard American family. My mom was a nurse. My dad was a police officer. Um, They were in careers for 30 years. 
And so as I'm in college and trying to decide a major, it's like, I didn't know what I want to be, you know? Some of the tests when I was younger, it was like, I'll never forget my mom told me I took a test one time that said I should be like a dumpster driver. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I'm going to be the Walmart shop girl. I'm tired of all these shopping carts being in the parking lot of Walmart. Like, I'm going to be the person that cleans them up. <laughs> Everything across the board from, you know, then I'd sit and watch CSI crime scene shows. So I'm going to be an FBI agent, I'm going to be on the crime scenes, then my dad would tell me that I'd be so sad for all the poor people in jail that they have families and I was going to go protect all of them. Like, so I've been all across the board, that's, needless that's to say. That's awesome. Where did you go to college? So I went to college, um, just the town over from my hometown at Northern Illinois University. Um, transferred in there actually my sophomore year. So freshman year I did school in Wisconsin. Okay. And then transferred my sophomore year into NIU. Nice. What was your major? So by junior year, um, when they pretty much tell you, hey, like, we've got to pick a major <laughs> now, you know, like, you're getting through all your gen eds. And um, so I just went with corporate communications. Oh, very nice. Kind of like a business degree, um, but still would be very broad. So I figured, okay, I don't quite know what I want to do. I can tell you everything I don't want to do, right? I knew that part, um, but I still was on the fence of what I want to do. So what can I what can I get a degree in that's still broad? So I did a corporate communications major with a minor in journalism, um, just so that as I got out of college, I felt I would have options. I love that. That's amazing. And now has fitness always been important to you? I think that's one of the things that has like evolved, um, you know, as we just evolve in ourselves. So I grew up very much into sports, um, soccer, volleyball, all through high school, very athletic. So it wasn't really until college when I realized, oh, I was actually working out, you know, in <laughs> sports. Like you do the trainings and all of that and practices and you don't really realize at that time that it's fitness, right? That it's physical activity because I'm... I'm there to train, 6 a.m. trainings, after school trainings. I'm doing it for the <coughs> sport. And then in college, I realized, okay, I'm actually going to, like, have to work out on my own now. Like, there's no coach telling me to come here and be at practice and, you know, be on, to be on the team for the game. So I got into, you know, because of college, just realizing, okay, I need to start doing things on my own. But after college, I moved to Florida and it was really in my time there that I like really got into fitness, really learning more about fitness and the body and the importance of fitness, uh, not only fitness, but nutrition as well. And that's where my passion really started to bloom was while I was in Florida. That's awesome. And you've competed in bikini contests and I know they have like a negative connotation, but when I started researching before we had our conversation, these individuals are working really, really hard at being fit. What drew you into wanting to compete in these? I think a lot of that for me was just the self-discipline. Um, so I always tell people looking back now, like, what advice would you give to someone who wants to be a competitor? And I would say, you should probably go watch a show. Because I did not do oh, that. No. So I got into doing... Um, training for a bikini competition and my first time on stage and in the presence of a competition world was as I was competing in it. 
So I had no idea what to even expect, what this sport even was. I just kind of did it. So, you know, I, I would have done that differently <laughs> now if I could or if I could advise anyone to actually go, like, watch the sport and get a feel for what it is. Um, but I was so drawn to that because I'm, I'm very competitive with myself. And I think that's in anything I do. So I liked that I was in control. I was working on something for me. And that discipline had to be a reflection of my actions and my everyday discipline and sacrifices involved in the competing world. Wow. Now, how much time goes into training for one of these competitions? It can be pretty rigorous. A lot of it depends on the starting state of your body. Um, if you have, you know, have this idea to compete, but have a zero on the fitness level scale, you're going to want to backtrack several months. Um, if you're pretty dialed in and need to just kind of tweak some things, usually about a minimum of six to eight weeks out from a show date. Um, but for the majority, especially someone new getting to know it, you're going to want longer time. And I would think this would take a certain level of confidence to compete. Um, what goes on behind the scenes in these events? Yeah, it does. So it's one thing in the training to be in the gym, doing the workouts, doing the daily nutrition. And then you have to put on the bikini and you have to put on the heels. You have to walk in the heels. Um, so that was more my terrifying part to it. It wasn't the physical aspects of working out, going through, you know, the rigorous workouts and strength training and all of that. It wasn't the tracking of food, um, as challenging as that can be. And, you know, you're sacrificing a lot there to be disciplined. Um, my biggest mental block in this sport was actually, I have to walk gracefully in these heels on stage, learn the poses and that's a whole nother separate category, right? So when it comes to the sport, you can have a great physique, but now you have to show it off and you have to do it in a way that these poses do it and that, that the judges are looking for to critique wow. you on. Um, so that was <coughs> that was the challenging part. So behind the scenes, you're backstage. My first competition was an all-female event. Um, so you're backstage with all these women and all these other categories and... Um, Side note on this, you want the right coach to be with you. So I saw women backstage completely dehydrated, hadn't eaten anything. That's not the way my coach advised me. Um, but you see it all across the board back there, just, just snacking on peanut butter and rice cakes, eating a little bit of like chocolate or sugar before to try and get that pump before going on stage, practicing posing. Um, that's the big part of it, practicing and practicing and practicing posing over and over again. Wow. Um, and it's a full day backstage event. That's absolutely crazy. And how, like, how often were you, do you do like one a year? Do you still do this? Like how often were you involved? So the first competition I did was spring of 2018. That was a goal. Do it one time. Right. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really fell in love with it at that time. And after all that work that goes into it, at that show, they were like, okay, there's another show in Jackson, Tennessee in two weeks. So I looked at my coach and it was like, well, why would we not do it? Like, I've been in prep, let's let's keep doing it. So I ended up doing three total in 2018 and then took a break. And then it was to figure out um, from my coach at the time, 
do we want to continue this? Do we want to not? Because reverse dieting and everything that happens after that is just as important as everything leading up to it. Um, so took some time to reverse diet and just kind of take a break from it all. And then decided, you know what, I, I got into the sport blindly. I would love to do it one more time. Let me actually have an improvement season, a building season, and then dial it back in and do the same show I did in 2018 and to do it one more time in the 2020 show. Oh, no. That was supposed to be spring of 2020. I was training for it. And then the shutdown happened. The show was delayed. Shutdown continues, shows delayed, shutdown continues, shows pushed back to the fall. And at that point, I just decided, I think I'm just going to be done yeah. with this. So I never did do that show one more time, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I would have loved to have seen my improvement in a two-year time span. Um, but no, I don't, I don't right now foresee myself competing nice. again. Nice, very nice. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have more from our guest, Jenna, and she talks about heart tugs and what can be possible when we slow down for a moment and listen to our heart and let it guide us. The goal for any business is to grow and reach a new level. Get there faster by being an authority in your industry with a video docu-series. Using video, you can showcase you, your business, your staff, products, services, and most importantly, your why. Building relationships is key, and a high-quality video can give existing and potential clients a way to get to know you. It also allows you to build a connection that results in increased sales. Utilizing video can help customers get to know you on a deeper level, which builds that connection that makes people want to support you and your business. If you would like to know more about how you can enhance your business with video, contact girlbossproductions.com today. Welcome back to Journey to the Rise. We continue our conversation with Jenna and she talks about the time when she was pursuing a career in fitness and how her curiosity about being in real estate started long before she took the steps to pursue it full time. So you competed in Nashville. You were in Florida. What was the transition for you from Florida to Nashville? Yeah, so 2016, I moved from Florida to Nashville, and I was just kind of at a point in Florida again, um, kind of like my move from Illinois to Florida originally, where I just kind of felt this heart tug inside, like, time for me to transition. Let me figure something else out. When I was in Florida, I started having those feelings again, and I was like, well, let me take a little more time to put thought to this move, because I didn't do it so much the first time. So my goal was to check out Nashville and to check out Austin. They were two places I'd never been to, and figured, let me go visit them and see what they're like, and see if my, my heart kind of tells me and guides me what feels right and what move I should make. So I came to visit Nashville, um, never made it to Austin, and moved to oh, Nashville. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome you're just you're, it just felt right yeah Nashville just it felt yeah right. mm -hmm. I love that now did you have a job or or a career to pursue when you got into your new town no no so <laughs> my only certainty and kind of push to that was knowing okay I want to move Nashville feels right right I'm going on and like an intuition here um, but I did find girls to connect with that were looking for a roommate 
So in a, a second visit to Nashville, I actually met them. They were like looking ASAP. I had a friend in Florida that was willing to take over my lease. So I was like, okay, that's enough alignment for me, yeah. right? I got out of my lease. I can get in with some girls and have some roommates. Um, I'll, I'll figure the job thing out <laughs> later on. It's fine. <laughs> so no, I came here again, packed up my small little car and moved. Never looked back. And figured it out I ever since. That. Yeah. So you hit Nashville. How did you end up meeting your now husband, Nick Hicks? Yeah, so moved to Nashville like a week before Thanksgiving, November of 2016. I had a, a friend here that was in the music industry, so I kind of started hanging out with her group of friends, which eventually brought me around Nick, right? So um, she had a showcase that she was doing in February, releasing an EP. Um, my youngest sister was actually down visiting me in February for her birthday, so I was like, let's go to Jessie's show together. I wanted to show her a cool Nashville thing, an EP release party. So we go there together, and that's actually when Nick and I crossed each other in the room for the first time. And I remember we shook hands and he said hi, and then I was like, okay, hi. And that was it for yeah. me, right? I was there with my sister. It was her birthday weekend. We were ready to go on with our night. Um, Nick's version of that night is he went up to Jesse after and said, who was that girl? I need to go meet her. So, yeah, from there it just kind of, you know, Jesse approached me and I was like, look, not interested, you know? I just moved here trying to settle in life. Like, I'm good. Not ready to date yet. I got a lot to establish in myself in the transition and a whole bunch of things. Um, Nick took it amongst himself to just start messaging me on his own. And a very, very patient man. And a couple dates, my call of a hangout, right? <laughs> date to him. I was calling him hangouts. <laughs> Several months later, and we start dating. Oh. I actually told him, I was like, you know what? I think I'm okay if you want to call me your girlfriend now. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> so, yeah, we just met. He does music, so we just met through that mutual group of musicians that we just kind of started hanging out all together. Now, with, with. him being a musician, was that kind of like a kind of a pushback for you? Did, did you have any concerns? He didn't make me have concerns. Would I normally in the industry? Yes. I think it's a very hard industry. I think um, sometimes a lot of the shade you see to it, you know, it, you got people gone, on the road, fangirls, all the things, right? Um, Nick never gave me a reason to worry from day wow. one. And I think that's kind of what carried us a long way through. I saw his passion for music. I saw how much this was like his work drive. And so I understand, right, with every career, you know, it's a career. That's just what that's what his career is. And he never gave me a reason to feel insecure or not trust him. And it's remained that way. So I think he's a special exception to, you know, the norm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely an exception. And there is a level of trust that goes into any relationship, but more so when you have a touring musician like how often is he on because he tours quite a bit so is he gone a lot and what was that adjustment for you to realize oh my boyfriend's now on the road yeah I 
I think the lucky part to that is that's how we started dating. Um, of course, now his level has grown, um, and he's grown as an artist, so the time demands with that have grown. But even from the beginning, he was acoustic doing shows. He was trying to, like, you know, he had a good fan base in Wisconsin, so he'd hit Wisconsin several times a year. He was hustling from the beginning, and I myself, you know, was also at that time coming into Nashville without a job, so I started at a restaurant, so I was working weekends. He's gone working nights, and so we just kind of started by never having weekends together and realizing, okay, we may need to make a Monday night together, a Tuesday night together, and that's quote-unquote our, well, that's our yeah. weekend. So I think because I didn't have that with him from the beginning, it made it just easy to know, like, this is what's normal to our relationship. That's awesome. And it looks like a... And so now... He's been full time with his band, and he's gone every single weekend, Thursday through wow. Sunday. That's amazing, and I love that you're supportive of him and his career, and clearly he's supportive of you of what you pursue. Yeah, and I think that's the whole perfect balance to our relationship. Um, as challenging as it is to both be um, in an entrepreneurial state now. Me, you know, pursuing real estate, him pursuing music. Um, there's no financial security in that, right? We're just taking a lot of risks. But with that, we can support each other. And we really realize, you know, with dreams come a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work. But we're both here to be teammates and support the dreams, however that looks. Um, so it's very encouraging that we both have each other to lean on and just push each other to the next That's level. That's amazing. And... When did real estate start to grab your interest? So it's funny looking back because in Florida, actually, I met with an agent down there once. Because um, I, I transitioned jobs several times in Florida. I went from being an event coordinator to then actually getting personal training certified. So I went from events to fitness, and that's where all that started. But in that time, I actually did meet with an agent down there once and just talked about, you know, what is the day in the life of a real estate agent? What does this entail? Um, so I started to think on it, but then I was also at the time where I was starting to think of leaving Florida. So I was like, well, this doesn't make sense. Why would I get a license or consider a license even in Florida if I'm going to leave because you have to have a state license? So now full circle, it's funny that, you know, that curiosity was there in me years back and it really wasn't until 2020 pandemic having happening, losing jobs, that I had that moment again, like, you know what, why don't I pursue real estate? We're sitting here, right? We were all at home at that time. I just had another God wink moment of, well, I could do something with my time here right now while we're at home. I could do real estate school. They're doing it all on Zoom, all mm -hmm. online. So that's actually when I signed up and made value of my time at home. I love that. And what is it about this very stressful process? Because I've heard real estate school is not like, I have a friend who says it's intimidating to him. Um, trying to work with clients is stressful. Um, you're dealing with like ups and downs of changes that happen when people are trying to buy a house, sell a house. What is, it sounds really, really stressful. What is that of interest for you? Truth be told, it can be very, very, very stressful. Um, so a lot of that is just managing the stresses. But 
I love the people connection, right? So real estate is not HGTV. Love the shows. I watch them almost every night before bed, but that gives a very false perception of the reality of a real estate career. So there's so much more behind the scenes to it. So when I tell people about it, you know, it is a startup business. Like you would start up any entrepreneur journey, any restaurant, any passion that you have, it's a startup business. And what do businesses need? We need clients. So uh, real estate school, yeah, it's it's tough. Um, and then like most schools, you come out of it and you're like, well, shoot, okay. Now how do I be an agent? Right. I don't know. Um, so it really takes a lot of one, aligning with the right brokerage. Two, um, I would encourage finding a mentor to really lead you and not be afraid to like ask for the help and the shadowing and all the learning that you can do. And then three, to just not be afraid to put yourself out there. Network, let people know you're doing this. You know, you come out of real estate school and feel like, okay, I have no experience. How do I sell myself to people? How are they going to trust me with my, you know, if I've never sold a home before, how do they trust me? Um, and a lot of that is because you have a team behind you, right? We've gone through school. You continue to learn from your brokerage and continuing education um, courses. And so the more you learn and the more you do, the better you become. And I think that, you know, everyone tells you it takes three to five years to really grow your business and then eventually, long-term goal, have referral business. So you hustle the cold calls, you hustle the for sale by owners, you do every open house you can starting out, you talk to every person you know. And then as time goes on and you get closings and you gain clients and then you hope that they tell people who tell people and eventually, ideally, <laughs> um, it'll just run itself. But it's, it is hard. It is hard starting yeah, out. I can't even imagine. And what kind of challenges do you face in this career? Um, I think a lot of it is kind of how you touched on at the beginning. You're dealing with a lot of personalities, right? And someone like myself who is a very empathetic person and I want to serve everyone to the best of my ability, I do have to realize I'm serving them a, a very, very important job. And so when people are high stress and high emotional, I cannot match that high stress, high emotional. I have to help level them down. So I have to be that coach, that guide, let them know I'm here to do the hard work. I'm here to have the hard conversations. I'm here to take all that stress away from you, um, you know, to obviously get to the end goal and get through to a closing day when from A to Z, everything can happen and everything can blow up and home inspections go wrong and you need contractors and lots to negotiate. But... I try and tell my clients, you know, I'm here to do that for you, you know. So there's a lot of fires to put out, a lot of hard conversations to have. And the more you do this and the more I do this, the more I learn the boundaries and how to be a little more emotionally centered to be that person that people need and to not match the emotions that clients are feeling. Yeah, a lot of boundaries need to be set clearly. And how do you handle impatient mm -hmm. buyers? Good question. Um, a lot of it is just starts from that initial conversation you have 
whether it's a buyer or a seller, I think it's very, very valuable to have conversations up front to set the expectations up front. So that way you can always go back to that conversation, right? Like for now, example, um, we're in a totally different market than two years ago. So the importance of the steps and what I need the buyers to do, the pre-approval letters, and then coaching them that, you know, houses now, you know, at least now we have more time to breathe, um, but that it does take time, right? And if you have a perfect dream home you're looking for, then we have to wait for that perfect dream home. And if you're, like you said, feeling impatient, then we need to have the conversation, okay, well, what's that really, really want list and the really need list and where can we sacrifice? If you're, if you're a buyer on a time crunch, then maybe the dream home isn't right now. What if you're just a first time home buyer? This is not gonna be your forever home, but let's get you in a home that matches most of the check boxes and most of your criteria because your forever home is still way down the future, right? Um, so I think a lot of it is just how we handle the conversations with our clients. Wow, that's that takes a lot of maturity and grace and patience on your end to be able to, because tough conversations are not fun for anybody <laughs> right <laughs> no but comes with a job <laughs> now what why do you love this it has you know we just spoke with challenges it has deadlines it has people who are under a lot of stress you're dealing with not just one person but like you said like inspectors and contractors and lenders and appraisers and i could go on um Yet you've been dedicated to creating this career for you. Like, what is, what do you love about it? You know, you get to that closing day and you just see how happy people are. And I, I really truly value the feeling of home and home looks different for everyone. And I understand that we all have a different perception of what home is, but I very much think home is such a feeling. And so the fact that I get to be in a position to give someone that feeling of home, that security, that happiness outweighs any challenge that this career can bring. It's so rewarding to see people at the other end of it, giving them the keys and being like, okay, happy home now. Go start your next chapter. That's beautiful. I love that. And you belong to an amazing team. And recently... As a team, you shifted to a different agency. Can we talk about your team and what makes them so great to you? Yeah, so my team, my team is my family. They are my friends. They're my work partners. They are every support system I have. And kind of how I mentioned at the beginning, when you get into real estate as a new agent, you need to find that circle to lean on and the people that are going to help you grow and I could not be more blessed and more grateful for the team that I fell into. And um, yes, you touched on, you know, we just switched brokerages, but we, we all switched together. And so that just shows how tight we are, how much we support each other, how much we enjoy working together. And when you have that collaboration, you know, collectively, it just makes full circle everything great. Sometimes it feels like we're not even working together because we just enjoy each other that much. Um, but it's really nice to have them to lean on. We talk every day. We do Zoom calls with each other. We all talk out our challenges, how we can grow, 
how we need to grow our business, um, accountability with each other. So everything from the hard stuff to the fun stuff, it's so amazing to have the team and the people that I get to work with. That's awesome. I love that. And I think the agency, I mean, clearly I don't know, but it seems that an agency that a real estate agent works for makes a really big difference in the potential of success. How does one go about finding an agency? Like, are there signs to look for to realize they need to make a change? Like you all, you know, clearly there was something that wasn't fitting right. This other place was fitting right. Like if someone's getting started, what should they look for? And if they are in an agency, what, what would maybe cause them to say, oh, maybe I could be more successful somewhere else? Yeah, I'd say it really starts up looking at the overall culture of a brokerage. Um, what do they do to give back to their agents to be involved with their agents, or are they not involved in their agents? Some brokerages, you know, you have to have so many sales to even be part of, and then you're pretty much hands-free and run your own business, which is great for, you know, that is what we do as agents. We get to run our own business. But if you're really looking to make it a collective group and have support and have that great work dynamic, um, finding a brokerage that has mentorship programs, offers trainings, has great resources, what are the tools that they have. There's so much to look for in that that makes my job as an agent so valuable. And when it's valuable to me, then it's valuable to my clients, right? So the tools and systems that my brokerage has, the education that continues, the lunch and learns we do, the connections that they have, the marketing that they do, all of that that helps my business really helps the business of my clients and helps me to serve my clients. So I think finding that perfect alignment between um, help and support and then the tools that are out there, it, you need all of it full circle really to find, in my opinion, the best brokerage that's yeah. for you. That's awesome. And there's a lot of real estate agents out there. What is it about you that you feel stands out from others? I feel like kind of how I touched on before, just my care for the process. Now, I know this is a huge, 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 you know, it's probably one of the biggest financial purchases you're going to make in your life. Um, so if you're, you're buying, you're a first-time home buyer, especially, I know that that's so scary. And there's a lot of education that goes on with that. So I bring a lot of passion to me as far as being an educator to people, providing resources, I'm not someone that's going to come in and just be like, thanks for the transaction, paycheck, see you later. Like, I value so much the relationships that I build with my clients because it's going to go beyond the closing day, right? Like, I'm sending you a Christmas card. I want to check in on you. I want to see if you have family and friends that I can help. Like, I value the relationships, and I think that's what people are going to see with me. I'm a big communicator, so... I never want anything to be questioned. So I, tr I can easily put myself in a client's shoes and be like, okay, are they wondering why I haven't reached out in the past week? Uh, you know, I'm going to touch base with you weekly or monthly, just depending on where we're at in the process and how far out. But I think my communication, my passion, and my just overall understanding that this is a journey of trust and that someone's putting their trust in me means a lot. And I'm going to give that right back and go above and beyond to make sure that they have everything that they need, everything to have an enjoyable experience. So by the time it's all said and done, 
they are positively talking about me and how happy they are and and any stress that might have happened along the way I'm going to take that on so they don't feel like it was as stressful as a process as maybe it was on the back end I love that and what are your hopes for you um, in this field My hopes, I mean, always to continue to grow. You know, I'm two and a half years into this. I'm starting to see clients kind of reach back out or share me to people they know. And that is the most rewarding feeling. So I want to get, you know, that referral business. I want to be that person that people think of. And then um, also just with myself and my team, we really want to start marketing more to our community Um, obviously we're in Nashville, so it's a really, really desirable place. We got people relocating here. So we kind of want to be that welcoming committee, right? People moving to Nashville. How do we welcome them to Nashville? How do we explain the areas of Nashville? So just really want to be that person that people can lean on. And then when the home part happens, it happens. But I want to be that person that's top of mind to people that they feel is a valuable resource, that they feel confident in sharing me to their friends and family. So I really now want to work on growing my brand and really put myself out there more than I have um, thus far in my career. Big goals. And you mentioned you live in Nashville, which is Middle Tennessee, and that area is growing and growing, and the cost of living is going up. Like, it's ridiculous when I look at rent prices there. What shifts are you noticing with buyers and sellers at this time in the market? Yeah, so you nailed it. People are moving here, um, but rent prices are also drastically skyrocketing. So I think there's a lot of value in building that education and rapport with renters to help see, you know, what you're paying in a monthly rent. Could you possibly buy? Because then what's the negative side of down to buying, right? I mean, nothing. You are gaining equity you are putting money back into your pocket because if you're going to pay that same monthly rate in a rent, why not put it into a mortgage, right? Where you're actually gaining equity, where a rent, you're gaining 0% equity as long as you're renting. Um, So we are overall the market here. We're seeing a level, but it's also not slowing down. So we're at longer days on market than 2020, 2021. But that doesn't mean that our market is slowing down by any means. We have so much growth coming here, so many businesses coming here. All of the areas around Nashville just keep expanding. The suburbs keep growing. Um, So it's a really, really great spot to be in real estate as an agent and, you know, as as an investor, as a buyer, as a homeowner, as a seller even. It's a really valuable spot, um, I think, to make that financial decision and investment into real estate. Absolutely. And... And how do you keep up your energy? Like, you're very transparent and honest about the fact that you're working two full-time jobs, you're building a career, your fitness is a priority, you're managing your connections, um, your friends, family, your husband, who's also growing his career. Like, are you just magically organized and excel at time management? Or how how do you do it all? Oh, gosh. Not perfectly. I'll tell you that. Not perfectly. Um, It's a lot of sacrifice in the stage right now that my husband and I are both on. You know, we touched that. We are both entrepreneurs pursuing real estate, pursuing music. But yes, I also have a full-time serving job because we need some sort of consistency coming in because in, in the music grind especially, 
that's a lot of money going out. It's a lot of investing and investing into a business. So I have to keep the serving job so we have some sort of stability while I grow real estate, while he grows music. Um, so it is full-time running on both ends, and I will say I probably don't do it flawlessly, but thank you for <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the kind words. But it's really just being very intentional with time. There are a lot of sacrifices. I'm so lucky that my real estate team is such an awesome circle group for me because beyond them, I really don't have time to be building other friendships. You know, I'm, I'm building connections for networking and stuff, but just on a regular social basis. I'm not down on Broadway on the weekends. I'm not out at dinners. You know, I'm working one job or another. Um, and then I just have to be very, very intentional to make sure I take some me time through the week and make sure Nick and I have consistently our date night, one night a week together because that's so important to keep just the engine going and the motivation going and to keep us grounded. I love that. Yeah. And you're right. It is about making time for the priorities of the self-care of time with your, your partner in life, because if you don't, then that's where it starts to fall apart at the seams. And I just have so much respect that you're, mm -hmm. you're like, Nope, this is a priority. This is what we're doing. Well, and every day we tell ourselves it's just a season, right? Eventually real estate will grow, music will grow. I'll be able to get out of the serving job. Like, so the more we try and remind ourselves it's just a season and with every hard season, there's a really great success story on the other side of that. So as hard as things can be, no matter what you know, I'm going through or anyone out there is going through, whatever hard thing you're going through, if you are consistent at working on it every single day, being aware of yourself, being aware of the boundaries, being aware of where you put your time and work energy into, you're going to get to the other side, right? You just have to. We believe it and you just have to. It'll happen. I love that. I agree. Absolutely. Words of wisdom right there. That's amazing. And what are your goals for this upcoming year? So, you know, my Truthfully, my goal is to get out of the surfing nice. job. I really, really hope that this is the year. I started that job when I started real estate school, and I really hope this is the year, you know, personal debts and all of that aside that we can kind of balance and level out. So I want to get out of the surfing job, um, and I just want to see continued growth in my business. And continued growth in my business will allow me to escape the other job and then give even more time into real estate and then I can't wait to see what happens because I'm already doing real estate I can't even imagine having more time to pour into it what more that can even bring so that's the big goal this year and I'm very driven and very motivated to make I it happen that's so exciting that's amazing it's going to happen like I can hear the passion in your voice and with the hard work you are putting into it, I guarantee it's going to happen for you. And I look forward to that day. And if there's someone out there who's thinking about becoming a real estate agent, like what advice would you have for them? Do it. <laughs> um, I think, especially because of the nature of, it doesn't take that long to get your license, right? So whether you want to do it and you only want to sell just with your close circle of family and friends and not really put full effort into career drive behind it and making a full-time job, even to have that license as a part-time job. Um, but if you can really make 
a full-on career out of it. And I think the beautiful thing that can come with that then is eventually time flexibility to pursue your other passions. Um, because I think we all have other passions in life deep down inside of us. So real estate, I think, is a very, very great driving tool for that. Um, so if you're thinking about it, anyone can talk to me. I'm happy to answer questions. Is it a hard career? Yes. Do you have to be willing to sacrifice up front? Yes. Do you have to be willing to make cold calls and have conversations you don't want to do? You bet. Um, but I think those that stick with it and really, really put in the effort behind the scenes, there's a lot of, lot of great that can come out of a career in real estate. I love that. And I agree. If you have a job that you don't love, why not pursue something that could be very beneficial to you personally and professionally? Like every job's going to have things we don't like about it. But if it leads to something greater, why not put in the time? Right. You know, and there's people out there that have their careers and I love them. I love that they were so gifted in their passions. And then there's people like me that are like, look, corporate world is not for me. So yeah. I'm going to pour all my energy into my own time rather than climbing the ladder for someone else's time. So that's kind of my perception and looking at it is I can work for someone else and climb a ladder, but then it still raises them up or I can try and climb my own ladder and build it for myself. I love that. That's beautiful. And if someone wants to know more about the home buying or selling experience, they want to connect with you, how can they find you? Yeah, so biggest social outlet is um, Instagram, Jenna Hickman underscore realtor on Instagram. Um, I try and do, I try and keep that, you know, personally, personal and real estate balance. So it's not all just a real estate page, but I try and provide value in that. Um, Phone number, 941-302-8134. It's my personal number. It's a Florida number, <laughs> so I know it's not a local national number, but that is my personal number. Happy to share it. Um, and then email, Jenna Hickman, Realtor at gmail.com. Awesome. I'll get all that in the show notes. You are hustling and bustling and making amazing things happen for you and your personal life and professional life. And I know you're so busy. So getting a chance to sit down with you is such an honor. And I'm so grateful. And I'm looking forward to seeing where you take your career and where things go for you. Thank you so much. It was so great yeah. to catch up. And thank you for having me of on course, your show. Of course. Thank you. That's it with Jenna Hickman. Next week, we talk with Paul Moore. He went from a successful career managing a well-known garden center in Nashville to a successful career as a garden landscape photographer. And now he is highly sought after for his knowledge of plants, specifically moss. Again, I got so interested in just the photography again by hiking that uh, I got really into nature photography. And uh, so in 1988, I went to the Crested Butte, Colorado Nature Photography Workshop where all, the, all my heroes, all my mentors were teaching this weekend-long class in the mountains of Colorado. And it was one summer, and I went out there. And, of course, you know, what people don't realize, you know, the summer out there is really their spring when all the wildflowers are blooming. Well, I hadn't seen really many wildflowers blooming when I was in the garden center business because that was in the spring when, when I couldn't leave. Hey, thanks for listening to Journey to the Rise. Please do follow us on our podcast app so you have the latest episode downloaded. We would love to have you follow us along on Instagram. Our account is at Journey to the Rise Podcast. 
This episode was researched, produced, and edited by Girl Boss Productions. And please remember to be kind to yourself. When you are kind to you, it makes it easier to be kind to others. I'm Lucretia, and you've been listening to Journey to the Rise. Thank you.